Hello, SBVC family and friends. Welcome to the third episode of the SBVC Campus-Wide Podcast, the show where we keep you updated on things you should know if you are part of the San Bernardino Valley College campus or community. My name is Dr. Scott Thayer, and I'm the interim president of San Bernardino Valley College. In this episode, we will be highlighting a few things that you should know in March 2022. My three top topics for this month are our transition back to in-person learning, late start classes, and telehealth. Our guests for this episode are Chancellor Diana Z. Rodriguez of the San Bernardino Community College District, as well as Professor Davina Burns-Peters and Professor Maggie Worsley, SBVC's faculty leads for distance education. Are you ready? All right, let's get started. My first top topic for March 2022 is our transition back to in-person learning. If you have been missing our beautiful campus during this period of remote operations we had in January and February, I know exactly how you feel. I am so happy that the pandemic has subsided enough that we can now resume in-person instruction and operations for the remainder of the spring semester, and hopefully for the remainder of this year. As of March, all of our campus offices are once again open and ready to serve you in person. As many of our classes will be transitioning back to in-person instruction, make sure to stay in touch with your instructor for details on classroom location and meeting schedule. If you need quick access to a map of campus, we have one for you at valleycollege.edu map. Similar to the fall semester, Parking will be free for students and visitors in student parking lots. If you have any questions or need any additional help to make your transition to in-person instruction easier, please reach out to us at info at valleycollege.edu. We'll be glad to hear from you and assist in any way we can. My next top topic is spring late start classes. As of March, we still have over 100 late start classes open for registration with subjects ranging from accounting to computer information technology to geographic information systems. Many of the careers these classes lead to start at $35 to $40 an hour or higher. So if you can take a class now or add another class to your schedule and get it done sooner rather than later, our last set of spring classes will begin this month and in April. My third top topic for this month is Wolverine telehealth. Now this is really cool. If you hadn't heard or taken advantage of Wolverine telehealth, I want to introduce you so that you can get a chance to try out this new awesome resource we have available for students. Wolverine telehealth is a program that provides telemedicine services to SBV students for free of charge. If you are a student at SBVC, you no longer need to wait or schedule an in-person appointment with doctors for non-emergency checkups and consultations. All you need to do is sign up for your free Wolverine telehealth account at valleycollege.edu slash studenthealth. Once you're signed up, you can access a real live doctor 24 seven 
from your smartphone or other device. Doctors can meet with you remotely, provide referrals and consultations, and even issue prescriptions, saving you from having to drive anywhere and wait your turn to be seen. Make sure to take advantage of this fantastic new telehealth service for SVVC students at valleycollege.edu slash studenthealth. So those are my three top topics for today's episode. Next up, we have some very special guests joining us. Our first guest is Chancellor Diana Z. Rodriguez of the San Bernardino Community College District, which is the district we are a part of. With our sister college, Crafton Hills College in Yucaipa, Chancellor Rodriguez, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Dr. Thayer. So, Chancellor Rodriguez, we recently heard the great news that the state is awarding our district a $1.7 million grant so that our students can now be paid to volunteer in the community. Can you tell us a little more about that? Absolutely, and I'm so glad you asked that question. You know, as chancellor, I'm always thinking about our students. What can we do to make their lives better? How can we help them grow personally and professionally? And, and that's why I'm really thrilled that starting this fall, 2022, we're going to award $10,000 grants, yes, that's $10,000 grants to 100 students who commit to serve and volunteer in our community for one year. Wow. Now, this is an opportunity right, for, for Valley College students as well as Crafton College students, and we're calling this initiative College Corp Program. If you've ever heard of AmeriCorps, the College Corps program is very, very similar, but it will be our local version of it. So I'm incredibly excited about the program. Wow. So $10,000 for one year of community service. That's a fantastic opportunity. What kind of services would students be asked to do? So we're going to ask our students to really immerse themselves in our community and really their community and work side by side with many of our local organizations to tackle some of the most pressing challenges that we're facing. You know, COVID relief, food insecurity, climate change, and closing educational achievement gaps. You know, our student volunteers are gonna do meaningful work like mentoring school children, planting trees, assisting in food banks, and connecting our neighbors to COVID relief resources. We'll match our students with nonprofit organizations and local agencies that are on the front lines of making our communities better. It really will be just a phenomenal opportunity for our students. That sounds like a great way to give back to the community while gaining volunteering experience. What a wonderful opportunity for our students. Yeah, absolutely. And I think many of our students could genuinely use an extra $10,000 to help pay for education, their living expenses, helping out their families and loved ones. 
But going beyond the money, it's a unique opportunity for students to really sharpen their career skills, expand their professional networks, and make a difference, make a real difference in our communities. I totally agree. Totally agree. It sounds like we were one of the lucky few colleges to be selected for this. We are. There was just a hand select of colleges that saw the vision and applied for the grant. And San Bernardino Valley College and Crafton Hills College were extremely fortunate to be selected. That is an amazing, amazing thing for our students to be able to receive funding while helping the community. So really excited to hear about this wonderful program. Yeah. And, you know, I'd also would really like to thank Governor Newsom, Josh Friday, the executive director of the California Volunteers Commission for awarding the college the funding to make all of this possible. And this also would not be possible without the support and the help of the faculty and the staff, you know, here at Valley College and Crafton Hills College. They're collaborating behind the scenes to make the college core a reality for our students. They are really digging in, reaching out to students and to community members to see where our students might thrive in their organizations. And just a shout out to our students. Keep an eye out. The application period is going to start this spring. So please stay on the lookout for more information. And you can also visit our campus website, for example, here at valleycollege.edu, where we will be posting more and more information about the College Corps and how students can get involved. That is great news. Thank you so very much, Chancellor Rodriguez, for your vision, for your leadership, for exploring these wonderful opportunities for our students and bringing everyone together around supporting not just the students, but our community and giving back, you know, paying it forward. So just really thankful to have you on this uh, episode. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Thayer. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. And I look forward to coming back and joining you on additional podcast. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. Our next guests are Professor Davina Burns-Peters and Professor Maggie Worsley, our faculty co-chairs for distance education. Welcome to the podcast, Davina and Maggie. It's great to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Dr. Thayer. This is awesome. Great. We appreciate you taking the time out this morning to come talk with us. We all can agree that, that college students over the past few years have had to endure a roller coaster of changes just to stay on track in their educational programs. As educators, we're all thinking and talking about the changes COVID has brought about in higher education. In your work as our faculty leads for distance education, you've probably had the most front row seats into how public higher education is pivoting to address the changing nature of higher education. So in your view, how has online education changed since the pandemic first began in 2020? This is a big can of worms, but let's open it. (laughs) (laughs) This is huge. Um, So talk about front lines. The students and the faculty were on the front lines and have been on the front lines of this entire situation. And kudos to them for fighting the good fight and staying in school. It has changed constantly for everybody, but whoever is still here is a fighter. Mm -hmm. And that has got to be celebrated and recognized. I don't mean to be Captain Obvious, but what happened was (laughs) uh, when COVID hit, that online 
option, quote unquote, became required. Right. It was no longer a choice. It was no longer a choice for students. It was no longer a choice for faculty. And that made a lot of people uncomfortable because, you know, there, w- there was almost a population, a certain population that was taking online courses. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Students who, for a var- variety of reasons, whether they had families they were supporting, jobs that had um, abnormal hours, I don't want to say abnormal, but, you know, tricky hours to work around your classes, um, a variety of reasons of why students were taking online classes. Maybe they had health issues or mental concerns about just being around others, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. there were a variety of reasons that certain students were taking online courses pre-pandemic and worked very well in the online environment. And most of the time, online faculty were choosing to teach those online courses for specific reasons as well and usually had a good thing going. Right. And when it's no longer a choice for both parties, man, we had to go into basically triage mode. Absolutely. Where we were just trying to support students in every way we could, trying to support faculty in every way we could. It's true, right? It it really pivoted to this forced, I I don't like that word forced, but that's really what it was. If I'm going to stay in this space as an instructor and a faculty member Mm -hmm. and a member of San Bernardino Valley College, if I'm going to stay in this space as a student, I don't have any choice right now. And you can imagine, we watched it from the front lines, what impact that had on both students and faculty and staff alike in terms of the anxiety that, that is attached mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime we go into something that's new and, and, and different, it creates the sense of fear, unknown is fearful. Right. It just stirs up all of these emotions. And so not only did we go into a, a triage mode for providing support, but it really became about a community coming together and just literally lifting each other up and making sure we stayed afloat for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Right. The positives I think that came out of that is that what was a choice before, maybe in some ways wasn't even fully recognized as a large population of our Mm -hmm. student body who wanted or needed an online pathway to their education. Being forced into that required platform for this period of time has put it at the forefront of our mind that what was maybe seen as a choice before in a smaller population that they're still really valuable population. The other thing I think that happened in how how this, you know, COVID era um, that we've been in is that we have actually seen students recognize the benefits of online instruction as well. They've recognized that I can continue my journey in education. Mm -hmm. I can do that. There are online courses available. And Yes, there's populations that, you know, we, do, we still have students who that's not their primary learning preference, but there's also a, a large group of uh, students who have said, I can now balance my life. I can continue my education. I can continue to support my family. I can continue to take care of my children at home, whatever their case may be. And again, even for some of those mental health reasons, you know, we've got students with anxiety who mm-hmm. going into a brick and mortar classroom may cause certain anxieties. They now have access to that. So I think when we look at that, it it really brought to the forefront this idea of access for our students. Mm -hmm. That access is really big concept, of course. 
you've got technology involved with access, you've got, you know, the preparation for faculty to be able to provide that access in an online environment, you've got to prepare your students for that. Mm -hmm. So there's training, you've got buy-in that needs to occur as well, which we've seen that happen as well with faculty. We've got faculty here like, this is great. I like the online platform. And so I, I think it really became about, it put it at the forefront. We recognize that there's potential to increase our access for our students and ultimately to set the stage for where we're heading. I mean, right. online is not going away and we know that the chancellor's office is looking for online growth. And in some ways, this was the pivotal point to make that happen. And I think that goes beyond anything that uh, Maggie and I could ever do. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> As it, faculty leads. It pushed us, it pushed everyone off the cliff, like <laughs> threw us into the deep end, like, oh, we want more online classes. Okay, let's put all of them online. Absolutely. Um, and they got what they wanted. Um, I will say, this is such an interesting time to have this conversation because, you know, we're, we're slowly crawling out of the pandemic. Classes are now returning to an in-person environment, but we do, we do have a lot of classes that are staying online. And I think it's important to continue reflection on what worked, what didn't. Um, you know, my discipline is music and trying to teach certain music classes online just literally didn't work. Right. And so, you know, I'm DE co-faculty lead, like I'm rah, rah, <laughs> DE, let's do it, but not for everything. And I think that's also been kind of important to recognize um, in we, we've continued to support our students in every way we can in these disciplines, but um, it's still not going to be for everyone, and that's totally okay. But how do we make that distance education experience for our students as enriching as possible? Absolutely. So that it's, you know, it's, a, it's not just equivalent to the university experience, but mm -hmm. it helps their personhood. It helps them, you know, navigate the cyber world, which is going to be their reality pretty darn soon. So if it's not already. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, definitely it's a, a collective effort. Mm -hmm. um, a coordinated effort mm -hmm. with communication and the two of you have mm -hmm. been at the forefront leading this for the institution for the campus and um, it's been a heavy lift it's been a heavy I know there, I know there's others but you oh I gotta I gotta throw it out there and I don't mean to interrupt <laughs> you Dr. Thayer but our DE committee has been, been phenomenal phenomenal and and I don't think Davina and I can take all this credit really because absolutely not we they are the driving force in all of the decision making that happens and we wouldn't be here without them there are um, liaisons between academic senate and the decisions mm -hmm. that are approved of through there and and we really have some um, jovial conversation mm -hmm. <laughs> of what should this look like and um, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for our uh, brothers and sisters in the uh, the DE committee so Absolutely. kudos to them no, that's great. And, it, and it's no wonder that SBVC was named number seven best online community college in California in 2021. This could only have been possible through the incredible efforts of our faculty and students. Top 10, baby. Yep. Top 10. <laughs> you know, and climbing and climbing. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I think we've moved up a little. <laughs> so we are definitely, we are certainly living in unprecedented times. It's, you know, just very fortunate to be on a campus that uplifts each other. And, and now that we've learned this new modality, mm -hmm. maybe not learned it, but we've, we've continued to improve it mm -hmm. yes. and expanded it, it's a tool that we can always refer to, utilize, and leverage in support of, of learning and, and our students. So thank you both for being here this, for this 
this episode. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Claire. This has been therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> it's been reflective. I appreciate yeah, that. Very much so. Thank you for having Thank us. You. And with that, we have come to the conclusion of this episode of SVVC's Campuswide Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you don't already, please follow SVBC on your favorite social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Discord. Just search for SVBC and you can't miss us. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Just reach out to us at podcast at valleycollege.edu. Thanks again for tuning in. And we'll catch you on the next episode.